the most common things here at Focus on the Family that parents tell us is, I have a child who's far away from God. And if you or someone you know is in that place, it's hard, it's deep, it can be almost hopeless. But we want to offer hope today. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He leads our parenting department. And on previous episodes, Jim Daly talked to David Kinneman and Mark Matlock. Both of them are very involved in the Barna Group, and they shared about young adults that they've surveyed and some of those research findings. And here they discuss reasons why kids leave the faith. I'm speaking to parents, and I really want them to be equipped to maybe even change their strategy uh, about how to engage their young people spiritually. But what were the kind of top one or two reasons for that disaffection, that group and the prodigals? What did they say? Well, it's a a range of different reasons. The church is anti-science. The church is repressive. The church is judgmental. It's hypocritical. We see a huge correlation to, and I want to talk about this really just sensitively and humbly, like self-righteous Christianity, uh, where we make Jesus all about following rules. And we make, you know, it's like Jesus is just as concerned with our self-righteousness as he is in uh, in unrighteousness Right, in the there's world. two prodigals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The older brother is also a prodigal. That's exactly right. Exactly. right. And so um, we see a lot of rejection of that kind of, you know, older brother Christianity in the stories of these people. And I just want to sort of say to parents and listeners who are, are going through that, you know, we've interviewed people. It's a heartbreaking peace, but there's also hope. Um, and there's this real sense of, I've got this sort of sacred job of listening to people who've lost their faith. And I consider that a real privilege because I, I respect and honor every person's story. Of course, I don't agree with the spiritual conclusions that they've come to. But but I think to parents who just, we grasp on so tightly to the faith of our children because we think it reflects on us. But you know, it's, it's a really important realization in this data that you know, there are a lot of people who lose their faith and God still cares about them. You can still pray for them. You can still ask the Lord for wisdom about how to speak to them about spiritual things. But it's also like, it's okay to let the Holy Spirit do you know, uh, its work in, in the lives of our children, uh, yeah. even when they've lost their faith. And David and Mark, uh, you know, what's so difficult with that is parents, and I think particularly Christian parents, this issue of control is huge, and we go for behavioral control, and we think we achieve it if we're unaware and we believe they're behaving well. You know, they're not promiscuous sexually, they're not doing drugs, they're not drinking alcohol, etc. And we kind of check the box, oh, don't we have good kids? Yeah. Well, that can actually be like one of the, one of the interesting things, and you lost me when we were looking at these prodigals is that there were some prodigals that were injured by the church. So they were hurt, wounded, maybe some type of sexual or spiritual abuse or something of that nature. But then there's another group that are just like, it's kind of like an era of polite atheism, where it's like, I've just come to the conclusion that I don't believe any of this. And a lot of them even wait until they're, um, you know, they graduate because they don't want to upset their moms and dads because they respect them so much. So they're being polite. They're being polite. And I think that's a unique thing because, as David mentions, is anti-science and some of these things. They're looking at facts. They're looking at information. And they're saying, this just doesn't add up to me. And it may be that there are uh, ways that we express or understand our faith where we haven't properly integrated those things. And so we need to be looking for those other men and women that have integrated those things that can help them on their way. I've had incredible conversations with teenagers that were ready to leave the door. They were going into a STEM-related field, science, technology, engineering, math, and they were like, you know, Christianity doesn't add up. 
I sat down with them, opened up their mind to the idea that maybe science was more in cahoots with the Bible than they right. realized, right? right? And in in that conversation, turned them back into a conversation about how the Lord, you know, would be involved in their life if they followed in this path. So I think that's some of what we have to look for as parents is we may not, our kids may be thinking about their faith on a level that we're not. And we need to be figuring out where are those men and women that we can bring into their life to help with that. And Mark brings up a point that we're so passionate about, which is the vocational discipleship side of what makes for resilience. So Mark is mentioning STEM careers, science, technology, engineering, and math. About half of Christian teenagers are interested in those careers. Do you know that less than one half of 1% of youth pastors talk about science, technology, engineering? Which is amazing. It's a, yeah. We're living in a technological age, a science-driven age. You know, these technologies are like magic, yeah. as my son says. And like we're, we're transported into another dimension through these technologies. And yet we need a thicker theology of the technology and the science era that we live in. Um, and we, we find that about a third of, of this generation, like Mark's daughter, Sky, is a young creative. And God has deep things to tell us in the pages of Scripture and in Christian history about the life of creatives and the arts. And there's another group of, of young people, uh, another half or so, they're interested in entrepreneurial careers, starting their own businesses and you know, making a difference in the world, changing the world. Um, and so I think the, the, the scriptures and our, our history and older Christians in our communities, our churches, who've accomplished a lot, have so great a role to play in discipling young people, not only about following Jesus, but following Jesus in the careers that God has called us. So science, technology, engineering, and math. You know, we're called to create beauty and abundance and order. And I, I think that's part of what the story is of the most resilient uh, young Christians, 18 to 29, have been not just discipled into Jesus, but they've been vocationally discipled into their career. And I so appreciate that. I mean, you look at the, uh, you know, the old scientists, Newton and Pasteur and those, those fellows, Typically, we're trying to discover God's design yes, in yeah. this world. And that's how they described it, you yeah. know, finding the hand of God in biology and in other places. And many current science, scientists, too. And for my daughter, Emily, who's studying science at Berkeley, you know, she's confronted with a lot of stuff yeah. that, you know, I don't believe. And, um, and yet she's been growing in her faith. Um, we've actually worked hard to help her come to know other really yeah. brilliant Christian scientists so that they can help shape her heart and mind as she's studying in that place. Because not everything is correct and accurate and biblical in that context, right? But we've got to yeah. help her discern truth from, from falsehood in that Well, space. and we hear that so often, you know, the religion of non-religion is really taking shape in this country, especially in college institutions. Okay, Danny, speak to that mom or dad. Uh, they're thinking, my child is just too far gone. I've tried everything. They're not coming back to Christ. He won't even talk to me anymore. They're, I mean, the relationship is fractured because of faith. How would you encourage the, that parent? Well, it's just so difficult when you're, uh, when you're in that situation. You could, all, you could come up with a formula, hey, I'm going to say this or that or tell someone else. But when parents face this, it feels very powerless it feels helpless uh, when, when you can't even speak to your child. And so uh, I really want to encourage parents to know that at some point or another, you will get another opportunity to speak life into your son or daughter. And uh, what I encourage parents to do is write notes down in a, let's say it's a separate journal, where you're writing what you would want to speak to them uh, about and just general conversational things that you would write in that journal. 
And then uh, someday maybe you'll be able to give them that, the, all these thoughts that you had when you had that disconnect time. Continue to pray for them. Pray diligently for an invitation back into conversation. And uh, if you do get an opportunity to talk, just ask them how they're doing, what's going on in their life. Just take that moment to just listen Give them a different experience than what they're expecting, mm-hmm. which may be, hey, why haven't we talked? Or guilt may come in, and so they're dreading that. Give them a whole different surprise experience in which you're inviting them back into a relationship, and over time, know that maybe you can get into those deeper topics again. Yeah, it sounds like what you're really saying is, listen, don't talk. Be an inviting, safe place for further conversations. And if that's not on the radar right now, pray God will bring that to you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate that, heart. And uh, you might be dealing with this very matter, and it might be um, just eating your lunch, so to speak. Please know that here at Focus, we have uh, trusted Christian counselors. They are caring. They will listen to you. Get started with a phone call to our counseling department. Uh, it's a free consultation. It begins with a phone call to us. Our number is 800, the letter A, and the word family. Uh, when you call, we'll set that consultation time up for you. Uh, David and Mark's content is great. It's based on their amazing book, Faith for Exiles, and we'll send a copy of that when you donate to the ministry of Focus on the Family today. Make a donation of any amount, either a recurring uh, monthly gift or a one-time gift, and we'll say thanks by sending the book and uh, all the details are in the show notes. You'll hear more from David Kinneman and Mark Matlock next time. For now, on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Did you know nearly 60% of American adults don't have a will in place? That's a big number. And not having a will can leave a heavy burden for family left behind. If you need a will but don't know where to begin, let Focus on the Family help. Download our resource, 15 Questions to Ask When Preparing a Will. It's our gift to you at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash PrepareMyWill. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash PrepareMyWill.